welcome back to Queer Tattoos and Rosé, where we go through and discuss all things romancy with Madison, Jenna, and me, Blake. Um, Jenna is not here. She's uh, on a little weekend getaway. So uh, you've got Madison and me. Um, this is going to be our, what was that noise? Was that your tongue? Oh my God, you could hear that? I, oh! oh my God, that's embarrassing. Oops. Okay. I gotta recover from that. Okay. okay. I'm so okay. sorry. I didn't I didn't realize that was like loud. Oh. oh wow. Okay. So this is gonna be our 129th episode. Um we're doing chapters 62 to 63 of Silver Flames. Um it's the end of part three of the book. So for those of you that know, you know what's about to happen. Some shit's about to go down. Mads is gonna get angry. She's gonna get angry, guys. Um I am angry, but also I just find it like sad. Um but it's been a few weeks. We had a week off. We had our um, our PSA episode on uh, trans rights was last week. So, like, it's been a minute. Um, but I just wanted to remind everyone. We curse. We spoil things. We say whatever the fuck we want. Um, and also, now, Mads, I-, I feel like you just had a mini panic attack. I did, but I'm good passed. now. I'm okay. good. Okay, Madison was getting her recap ready, and she was like, wait. I think I I don't think I have the right way. Hang on, and then that then she proceeded to do weird things with her tongue. I'm sorry. Um, I didn't think that was like I didn't that think was, I was, pick that up. It was like I had like a I'm super like a embarrassed chilling, just like blah, blah, blah. like it was weird. I'm super embarrassed, guys. Just for the record, you know how like a lot of people like like you do that with your tongue against your top lip. No, hers was going side to side. I just need that known. It was going side to side against the sides of her mouth. Like, I just need that known so everybody can be traumatized as I am. I'm so sorry. Okay, go into the recap, Maddie. Okay, so I actually don't know how I forgot what happened, okay? Because then I read the title of this in front of everyone. and I was like, oh my God. Okay, so here we are. Um, The girls have completed... Um, their obstacle course from hell, which happens to be um, the blood right qualifier. And bad news bears, they invited two asshole Illyrians to watch. Erp, mistakes, but whatever, we move on. So here we are, Starfall. Oh my God, the secondhand embarrassment makes me want to vomit a little bit. Okay. In front of all the attendees, in front of everyone that is there, Nesta gets down on her knee and apologizes to Omrin. It's Lord of the Rings style with the hobbits. That's all I think of. My thing is, I think it's like the getting down on the knee thing that is the worst for me. Like an apology, like a regular apology, no one would have noticed what she was doing. But like she gets down on one knee and like, I'm like. Also, she's, she's like. Amrit is very, very short. I feel that in my soul. Nesta's, like, supposed to be, like, what, 5'8"? Five, five, like, she's yeah, tall, average. like, her, and they're all, like, a little bit... Average, fuck off with your 5'8 average. Anyways. Oh, I'm six foot, so above. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Sorry, that was harsh, but, you know, like, I'm not saying by it. Anyways, it's just, like, I know that it's supposed to be a sign of respect and honor, but, like, literally, even in Lord of the Rings, when it truly is a thing of honor and it's just because they're hobbits, it bothers me so much. It's so it just awkward. just patronizing, too. It's Not really cringy. I yeah, I can't. I don't so, know. I don't know how I forgot we lived through that. I probably blacked that out for a reason. I think you did. Yeah. And that's where we left off. Okay. So, you know, we had uh, 
uh, we had a good Starfall. Uh, we had a lot of, um, later that night, we had some, you know, some good times, good times. Um, and so 62 time has passed. Uh, spring has dawned. Um, and nothing's really happened. So Brylin and Baron, nothing. No armies, no sign of them, no movement, n- nothing. Um, Cassian, of course, being Cassian, was like, look, like a lot of armies don't attack in the winter. Like it could be coming, it could be coming. Um, luckily, they finally have forbidden As from going um near Brylin because she, you know, they think she is the she is the crown. You know, they're well, they know she is the crown. Um, and they're like, let's let's not get near her. We don't need the spy master under her control. Right. The torture guy. No, thank you. Um, so literally they just like, this would be awful. They're just waiting. They have no idea. They're just waiting. You know what I mean? When you know something bad's going to happen, but you don't know what it is or like when it's coming. So you're just like, that is the worst. That's when my anxiety peaks to fucking hell. It's like when somebody texts you like, hey, can we talk when like we see each other or when I get home or whatever? And then you're like, yeah, about what? And then they just don't answer. And you're like, oh, my God, I know. I fucking hate that. Or like I've told William he's no longer allowed to do this to me. But like he'll be like, oh, can we talk at practice? No, not at all. You have to tell me what's going on. Like give me a synopsis, a summary. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. People, like, in my office, we always joke, because, like, some of the partners are notorious for, like, hey, uh, can you let me know when you're free for a call, or can, uh, next time you're in the office, let me know, uh, so we can talk, and it's like, what? Yep, yep, I fucking hate that. That's the worst goddamn feeling on planet Earth. Literally, one of the last times that happened to me, it turned out the, uh, boss in question was going to Disney, and he just wanted my advice on, like, things to do. So I, like, spent literally the 24 hours before spiraling, and I got to the office, and then he was like, can I swing by? And I was like, yeah, it's fine, okay. And it literally, he, was, he, he just needed advice for his Disney vacation. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, sure. Um, so, anyways. Um, this is fun little tidbit. This is a very fun tidbit because it helps, uh, it's, it's a timeline marker, essentially. So if, uh, and again, if you haven't read all of Throne of Glass, I'm sorry, this is a minor spoiler. Um, skip like five minutes from here. <laughs> Three, two, one. Okay, skip. Bye. Um, apparently a rare red star blasted across the sky one day. The priestess are like, oh, ill omen. Bad, bad, bad. They're losing it. They're like, oh, no, 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 no. Which, fair. Like, uh, it's kind of creepy. Um, Cassian had said, like, Reese was rattled by it, but he was unusually contemplative afterwards. And then Nesta, of course, is like, he's also probably upset because Fair is only two months away from giving birth. I.e., she is a heavily pregnant fey female. And who do we know that was standing next to a heavily pregnant fae female who slowed down our favorite sassy fireheart as she you know just casually dropped through a couple worlds just yeah um so this is a good time like this is good in since you know end of house of sky and breath and all that this is a good way to see when the books the series events are lining up but at the same time it's not necessarily because you have to remember we don't know just because the worlds are layered like that we don't know where in time they are and if she's falling through these like portals essentially ward gates which was yeah the crescent city those can also be 
pulled left and right, up and down. Like you can get pulled different ways and different ways could mean, you know, straight through to the same time in another world. Or if you're pulled over, you're going back in time through into another world. Like, so it's a good way, at least in our minds to line up when the books are happening. But I want to say like, I don't think this is a good like, oh, okay. So Silver Flames is happening right at the end of Kingdom of Ash. That's not guaranteed. Um, But it is good because what do we, we keep hearing more and more about uh, Reese's uh, and Meryl, even though she's mean, um, the other worlds theory, right? Um, We already know that Meryl was working on it. Reese was interested in it. He actually had one of the kind of setups, there's a specific name for it, but I forget what they call it, that... um, that Bryce's dad had in Crescent City, like a, a model of the uh, system. Oh, you know what I'm about? yeah. And it starts with an O. Maybe? If I'm supposed to remember it, we got problems. Yeah, sorry. It's like an <laughs> O. If I, I was if, asking you, I'd feel a lot better that you would know. <laughs> hang on. Let me, um, hang on. Um, space model. <laughs> it starts, I swear to God, it starts with like an O or something. Somebody somewhere is listening to this just absolutely screaming at us right now. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. Starts with O. Starts with O. Okay, I can't find it, but I, I, maybe it doesn't start with O. I don't know. I, for some reason, the letter O is in my head. Um, but the thing is, is, like, he was already, like, yeah, something, something's out there. We're not alone. All this stuff, right? And then he sees this. And what I find interesting, though, is maybe he told Feyre, because we don't ha- obviously we're not getting Feyre's point of view in this book. He did not tell anyone else. He knew that was not a star. Yeah. Because he saw her and slowed her down. And I'm pretty sure, doesn't he, like, nod? He kind of gives her, like, yeah. a subtle, like Yeah, a, there's yeah. a nod. Yeah, so... He knows it's not a star, but he did not tell anyone, which I can kind of understand. If I found out there were multiple worlds and like, oh, people are falling through the sky and from another world into another <laughs> Now world, we've I got think, issues. Yeah, like, I don't know if I would want to cause mass panic. But at the same time, maybe, like, don't let the priestesses that are already traumatized think it's a very bad omen either. Like, I'm just saying, maybe, right. maybe find a middle ground there. Mm. Um, But... That's where we are. Uh, I thought that was a fun little, like, oh, shit! <laughs> Red star! Um, but, anyways, so, again, Feyre's only two months away from giving birth. Uh, remember, birth equals death. Uh, not just for her and the unborn baby, but, uh, well, almost certain death. And then if they die, Reese dies. So, like, it's not great. It's not looking <laughs> So great. everyone is dying! <laughs> death to all. Um, <laughs> so, in the meantime, Nesta, like, obviously Reese is gonna get more and more upset. Nesta is, like, doing what she does best and just honing all of her feelings into one thing without like addressing the issue. Um, which fair feel that on a spiritual level. Um, and so she's just putting all of her efforts and like focus into training with the, uh, the priestesses. Um, as and cast just keep getting more and more involved with their training. Like they are a, they are a battalion, like, I guess not battalion. That's pretty big, but like, they're a like very fit, um, uh strict no um what am i thinking disciplined unit like a fighting unit um and they're so, they're a crossfit gym <laughs> no do not insult that no offense if you do crossfit but do not insult the valkyries with a no i meant gym. like crossfit gyms are like a community they're like people that the same people oh, okay, show up fair, for yeah. the same classes yeah, every fair, day fair. okay fuck off i know what i'm talking about okay 
So we also learn the blood rite starts in a few days. That's just casually mentioned. I'm glad that was thrown in. Just just a little little reminder there. So anyways, so Nessa's like talking about like how like, oh, like, are they ever going to have to actually face battle? Um, everything. Well, her battle, like her latest one comes in the form of a letter from Eris. Um, that demands her and Cassian meet him for a discussion. Well, they meet in in the middle. <laughs> Not really, you know, but like in the, <laughs> the middle. The middle. Um, made me giggle. Um, and they meet right outside the Sacred Mountain uh, where, you know, Amarantha held Reese and everybody else. And then Feyre, you know, won the trial with trials, whatever. Um, God, and- all I think of when I when the trials are brought up is that fucking worm. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I think of. So, we get a reminder that this mountain literally just pops up out of nowhere. It's not part of a mountain range. Keep that, guys. Normally, you have a mountain as part of a mountain range, or like a giant volcano would be like a single, you know what I mean? You don't just usually have one giant mountain. Now, granted, I'm sure the laws of geology don't necessarily compute from our world to- I would assume- I'm, I'm sure they don't, but like, just, it's weird. Okay. It's weird. And I think people overlook that. Um, hopefully after this like page or two, people won't overlook it as much, but it is a bl- like bleak. It's barren. There's nothing on it. It's just like there. Okay. And Nesta's never seen it. So she's just like staring and Eris is just like, have you, have you ever seen this? So you want to fuck on the mountain? you know yeah you, you know dance. that's what he's thinking you want to fuck on the mountain real quick we could dance you know some tango <laughs> um and so she like it's like unsettling to her so she like looks away and she's just like why is it sacred and eris is just like Ugh. and so this is his explanation there are three of them you know sister peaks so this one I don't know why I'm pointing like I'm pointing, but you can't see it. That's so cute. I love it. You're pointing. You're right there. The mountain is right there. Right there. Yeah. Um, The mountain called the prison and the one the Illyrian brutes call Remiel. All bald, barren mountains at odds with those around them. Fair. Like, there's literally, like, Remiel at least has other mountains around it, but it's still not part of the range, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like a, it's weird. He calls them sister peaks. Now, this one. Foreshadowing anyone? Foreshadowing? Thank you. Sacred Mountain. Feyre overcame it. That's where she overcame Amarantha. She beat all the trials. You would say that Feyre conquered that mountain. As we will see in this book. Nesta overcomes Ramil. Nesta's overcome that mountain. This is the the basic theory about the mountains. I've got plenty of others. This is just like a foundation. The third mountain is called the prison. The prison is on an island that outside of like the prison itself, you know, had grass. It used to be like a, 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 a flourishing area. There were Pegasus. That is where the Pegasus were from. It was beautiful. It had all kinds of floral fauna. It was beautiful, right? Probably, probably where the Doncourt was. Or uh, dusk, dusk. Dusk. Yeah, cute. Dusk. You were almost Dusk. there. Yes, yeah, fine. Sorry, it starts with a D. It's a part time of day. Dusk court. Dick time. That works too, actually. <laughs> yeah, it starts with a D. So, 
it would beg reason that somehow Elaine's story and her journey, her um, trial, I guess would be the best way to put it, uh, will be tied to the prison. You know what I thought? I thought of something like, and okay, I don't keep up on every single theory there ever was, but what if it's as simple as like the prisoners break out of the prison? And, like, Elaine uses her, like, seer powers, and they have to, like, go collect the monsters. I mean, that's a simple way to do it. I mean, that could happen. Because sometimes I feel like we are so entrenched in making up these crazy things. And then it's just like, oh, that's pretty chill. That would be a really bad day for Anthea if all of them got out. But that would actually be pretty cool if, like, we got different perspectives of people going after different monsters and, Mm -hmm. like... I don't know, depending on, like, like what their, I'm, like, I'm scary shit this. is. I feel like Illyrial fans, that ship fandom, would really like that because that would mean she'd probably be the one, like, traveling with Az as he tracks them. You know what I mean? Or, or, them. or she travels with Lucian. Or she travels with Lucian. You know, it could go either way. Or <laughs> they travel <laughs> together. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> they there travel together. Is. Now, anywho. <laughs> I can see both of us at the same time. Like, wait. Um, but yeah. So, That's I don't know. Point. Yeah, like, don't overcomplicate it. But it's still a cool storyline. I agreed. Um, so, of course, casting at this point is just like, okay, come on. And Nessa's like, ah, I asked. I want to know. What's going on? So, Eris goes on to explain. They have no idea why these mountains exist. Um, and, but he, I, this is another, this conversation is another, um, layer to Eris. You know what I mean? Where we don't, he is much more than we think. I think he's a lot smarter than people. I, people give him credit for being cunning. Yeah. And I, you can be cunning and intelligent and those don't have to align all the way in my mind. Um, I think he is a lot smarter and, um, inquisitive, I guess would be a good word. Yeah. Than people give him credit for So, he he makes a good point. He's like, don't you find it interesting that two of the three have underground like palaces carved into them? And Cassian's like, it's the prison's not a palace. Mm. Mm. Not the part you've seen, but we remember the hall that she found the harp in. It was a whole different like hallway down to a giant room. Like there is more to the prison. Well, it could be know. it could be definitely layers because you have like um, here. Court of Nightmares. You have that area, and it's it's layered. There's different shit going on. Mm-hmm. Like, you could assume that this is layered, too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because, like, if... And then we find out, like, um, the under the mountain where Amarantha was, she literally decorated it to look like the Court of Nightmares, like, yeah. here, because that's ancient. But everything that was there, she didn't create that underground palace. It was yeah. there. And, like, if you recall, that place was, like, I don't know how much of the decorating was her or not, but, like, there were some fucked up carvings that were creepy. There were all kinds of things. So, we those could be ancient, just like the ones in the Court of Nightmares. Mm-hmm. But, Eris also is, like, unsurprisingly, the Illyrians were never curious enough to see what secrets lie beneath Remiel. Well, that's just a bad sign. Well, I'm telling you right now... Let's go look. Like, why don't we do that? That seems like a good idea. Um, It definitely seems as though... Oh, what if, like... Okay, so more on my rando theory of them. 
of the monsters breaking out, whatever. Everyone's obsessed with her, like, taking over a court, right? Elaine? Yeah. Yeah. But what if, like, she just becomes, like, in charge of the prison? Like, top prison guard? Like, I can see when the prisoners are, like, acting up. I have to admit, my uh, little imaginary bingo card for today's episode did not have Mads proposing Elaine be a prison warden. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm not. You know, and then the cauldron could just live there with her. There it is. There's something driving you there. No, but seriously. No, like what if like be. that's like her job? Like because what if that is her quote unquote court. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't have to be a court. It could just I'm be. It could just be the prison. Like she's just in charge of it. She's <gasps> in charge of all the cool the monsters. Halls. They're the guards. Just Pegasus guards. Okay, no. But I need Pegasus. That's all I need. All maybe I need. okay, maybe there is one Pegasus, okay? okay? For her to like fly back and forth okay. Okay. to the night court or whatever. I'm just saying because Reese is technically in charge of the island. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because right? nobody and, took nobody took command of it even And she a needs a like a job or a role yeah. or something important. <laughs> in the- in the context of this theory, you know how you're like, you're like in the night court, which we know is like, you know, the night court. In my head, what popped up was like a Judge Judy's type show called The Night Court, which I'm pretty sure is an old show, The Night oh Court. My and God. Elaine is the Elaine is the judge. That would be hilarious. <laughs> and then like uh like Omrin is like the bailiff. You're just like sitting there staring at Wait, the night court. Like, Aren't they try. redoing that? Let me check. I, I show, might, yes, but aren't they like they're reviving it or something? Aren't they? Hang on. It was a sitcom. Oh, it was a sitcom. I thought it was like an actual Judge Judy type thing where like people. Actually no, it was oh, funny. Okay. okay, it's nine seasons from nineteen eighty four. Okay, I thought they were like. Oh, no, it is. It is. It is. Um, Night Court series TV series twenty twenty three. It's on it. NBC. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I might have to look at that. That looks funny. Okay, but no, do you see what I'm saying? Like, that is, all, as soon as you said the night court in the context of this, like, her being a, like, warden, that's all I could think of. I'm like, just saying, judge. that would be cool. That would be so funny. That would be cool. It, it's probably it too funny. funny and, like, it humorous is. for Moss, but still. We'll just name this episode the night court, and everybody's gonna be like, what a weird fucking episode like name like obviously it's that we always talk about the night court and it's like haha lo and behold we're talking about the show yeah guys if you can't tell sometimes we really like to like try to use just really weird fucking episode titles so that people see it and they're like what the fuck are they doing oh we do that all the time um okay so um nesta obviously she gets a bit more detail about the sacred mountain like the under the mountain area with amarantha and that's when eris is like no like she just decorated like it was already there um, so, like, there's a lot to unpack. I think I've talked about the, like, various theories about the the mountains before, but I'll definitely get into them more, like, when we do some theories episodes leading up to CC3 and all that, um, and as we get through later in this book, because there's a few, and there's a couple other, like, deep dive theories. Honestly, we should probably us. do a theory episode when we're done with Silver Flames. Going yeah, into yeah, at least City. one, yeah, yeah. Write that um, down so we don't forget it. I I can't. Well, you know, if we forget it, people will come for us. That's true. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but 
like I said, there's a lot to unpack. Um, there's a lot to unpack just within the act if you're staying just within the Akatar world. But when you try to, you know, start making connections with Crescent City, even a few uh, like Throne of Glass, there's just all kinds of possibilities with the mountains. And we know that SJM's super intentional with shit. So like, just just keep that in mind. Don't overlook the mountains, is what I'm trying to say. Okay. So, anyways, so Cassian is like, okay, we're good. Like enough with history what what's why why did you send us this letter like why do i have to see your face so we find out that baron went to the continent again because he's a stupid little traitor little bitch anyways he came back and he was he seemed pretty normal so like he eris doesn't think that his dad is under the crown's control so that's a plus like we don't want that um but we also find out that usually remember eris is not um like because baron is you know paranoid because he's got all these sons that want to inherit his power but Eris is usually, like, his right-hand man, like, that we've seen, right? He he doesn't seem to have as much mistrust of Eris. Well, he didn't ask Eris to go with him. He didn't explain what happened. Nothing. Like, he's, like, cut Eris out. So, Eris is like, what's going on? Fishy. Right? So, Eris is just like, look, whatever's about to happen, it's coming soon. Um, Like, I just wanted to warn you, for now, everybody's just holding their breath. And Nesta's like, for what? And this is where this little shaky alliance gets a little awkward. Um, Eris is like, for you to find the heart. And Nesta just blinks and then was like, oh, we forgot to tell him we got the heart. Oh! Um, and so to be fair for Nesta and Cassian, like, if you remember, like, Cassian was, like, bleeding out when she got out of the prison, like, when she was able to use the harp to get back to, like, the lawn of the river house. So, like, they were probably, like, she was focused on him recovering. He was recovering. So, like, really, this is on Reese. This is on Reese. But he probably- Isn't it? This entire book, it's on Reese. It's on Reese. We're just going to say that. Guys, we love Reese. It's just funny. But also, like, maybe Reese didn't want to tell him for a reason. But also, dude's a little bit douchey in this book. He's like we get it we get not it having his mate's point of view really really is enlightening in some ways so eris is like the fuck you have the harp i mean he doesn't say it like that but it's implied um and cassian cassian is learning how to play the game um and by that i mean like remember he didn't want to be like a courtier or whatever he didn't want to be in the politics he's like i don't i don't he doesn't like putting on the pretense that like Reese and Nesta do and Feyre does to a certain extent where we literally see that they like don the mask, right? They're casual, cool. They've got an air of contempt even more when she's in under the, like under the, the court of nightmares, right? right? That like persona. Cassian's starting to get it. And so he's just like, does it make a difference? Like he's super casual. And Eris is like, the fuck you have two of the three trove items. Like, yeah. Are you just waiting to use them? And Nesta's like, what the yeah yeah we're waiting for the baby (laughs) yeah like once that baby's out we're definitely just gonna we're fucking waiting for the baby like what so i need to change my uterus real quick brb yeah yeah wait for that um eris has like flames in his eyes he's like well what did like he and i get what he's saying he's like well what did the king of hybern have to gain by like trying to conquer us like Eris cares. He actually does care about his people in his court and Perinthian to a certain degree. So that's interesting. So Cassian once again is like, bro, we're not using it. Calm down. We're fine. Um, and Eris just like laughs. And then like Nessa's like, he doesn't believe us. And he's just like, I'm not comfortable with it. Especially like you have two items and you have other weapons. And he looks directly at Nesta. And Nesta's just like, I mean, fair, but rude. 
Um, and Cassian, like, continues to play the game. He's like, Reese has his own plans. Like, you can't be foolish enough to think we tell you all of them. But I can assure you they don't involve using the trope. And Nesta? Soaked. Nesta is soaked right now at the mere, like, persona and voice that Cassian is using. Because it's cool, amused. Like, it's, uh, she's like, it's like he'd been listening to her and Reese. He perfectly replicated that combination of boredom and cruelty. And Nesta, I love this. I love this because also, I feel as though both Eris and Cassian could, no, would notice this with their whole That she's horny as fuck? Yeah. Yes. I was just thinking that. Yeah. Nesta couldn't help the thrill that shot down her spine. She wanted him to use that voice in the bedroom. Wanted him to whisper like that in her ear while he... Girl! I mean, fair. fair, To be clear. So fair. So fair. I'm right there with you. But keep it together. Luckily, Eris just keeps talking. So you claim, I suppose you're going after the crown now. And of course, Cassie's like... "Mm." Maybe, maybe not. Well, maybe we won't forget to tell you our plans this time. Here we go. We haven't seen this in a while. Eris picked a piece of lint on his jacket. I just mimicked that. Madison is not amused. I'm so unamused. I'm sorry. Um, And then Nesta notices he is wearing the dagger that she made. He's like keeping it right on the hip. Um, And so... You know, he and Cassian have some back and forth. Um, Cassian gets a pretty good ribbon where he's like, wouldn't want to risk cutting up those pretty hands. And Nesta sees, like, Eris has his arms, like, crossed, so his hands are on his biceps, and he, like, flinches. Like, his hands, like, kind of, like, curl in. So, like, finally Cassian's getting getting it in. Um, So Cassian's doing great, and, like, Cassian's kind of giving him um, some veiled warnings of, like, We'll fuck you up with your dad. Like, it'd be a shame if your dad knew what you were doing, all of this. Um, And so Cassian also mentions, like, we have our own way to protect ourselves against the crown. And then Nesta's kind of surprised but hides it because she's like, wait, can I? Am I the way to do that? Do the things I made, like, protect against the trove? Like, she doesn't know. And then so Eris, of course, is like, oh, my God. Were you just going to string me along the whole time? He's very hurt. He is so upset. Um, And... I think, I think he needs Tam to reassure him. Oh my god, if only. Um, so Cassian's like, oh, you made and um Cassian's like, you made a, yourself an enemy of your father. Like either he'll have your hounds do it or he'll do it himself if he finds out that you like or uh when he finds out he'll have the hounds kill you or he'll do it himself. And Eris pales and goes, Don't you mean if he finds out? And Cassian just doesn't say anything. So Eris is like, motherfucker. So then he finally turns to Nesta for the other part of what was in his letter and says, in my offer for you, there's no affection, no longing. Because we know the letter was probably like, hey, man, come be my boo. Come be my <laughs> I don't boy. think that was the line. I just don't feel I don't know. it. Either way, same sentiment. Except he's like, what about my offer for you? No no desire, no love, no affection, nothing. That's like, I'll give you a pig for her. You know? Like, that's what that, that's what that reads. <laughs> so, Nessa just kind of looks at him, and she smirks. I suppose once we have the crown in our hands, the night court won't need you after all. Neither will I. Ooh! Oh no, Eris is still single, so is Tam. <laughs> just saying um so of course like eris is like look i don't appreciate being toyed with uh my offer was sincere but stay with the night court and you risk your ruin 
Cassian, this is, I can understand Nestor because this has me feeling some type of way. He just cut, Cassian just smoothly goes, try to fuck us over, Eris, and you risk yours. Oh, oh I love a threatened environment, man. Uh, <laughs> in a good way. That, <laughs> in a good way. I need, I need, I need to, two other people that piss me off. Okay. Um, Eris is like, do whatever you want. Um, it's your lives you gamble with, not mine. So what if the world loses another brute to war? Good riddance. And Cassian doesn't let it get to him and just says, thanks for your well wishes. And with that, he just like picks up Nessa and they fly off. And she's just like, you did well. And she's just like touchy. Like, you know, she's in his arms and she's like, oh my God, you're so hot. And he just goes, I pretended I was with you. I think I got the, I will slay my enemies look down, didn't I? And she's just like, yeah, you did. So guys, I'm going to warn you right now. This scene is... It's infuriating and upsetting to me, so you can only imagine what it does to Maddie. So here we go. Okay. So they fly, and they go to the city itself, and they they land on one of the bridges over the city. This you is know what the I've- worst scene in the whole book. You know what I've come to realize? They need to just stay away from the Sidra. Mm, retweet. He throws the gift and then just stay away from the Sidra. So... He's like, I thought we'd walk for a bit. And so they like hold hands, you know, it's so cute. Everybody's like, oh my God, this is adorable. They're walking along. This is the moment when they should talk about being mates. They do talk about it. It's not good. Shut up. (laughs) So, um, so she's just like, oh, like, what do you think Eris is going to do? He's like, they'll sulk, like he, he, he'll sulk, whatever. And then Cassian's like, you like seeing me play courtier, didn't you? And she's just like, well, I mean, I wouldn't want you to be like that forever, but it was enticing. It uh, gave me some ideas. And he lays a hand against her cheek and, like, kisses her and says it gave me some ideas as well. And he presses up against her and she's like, oh, um, I'm assuming he at least had a happy, you know, like she could, it, it was turning him on. Um, and she just, like, laughs and pulls it. She's like, bro, people are watching. And he was like, I don't care. I have nothing to hide with you. I want them to know we share a bed. <sighs> I wish he had worded that differently. I mean, yes, I love that they share a bed, but, like, could we say something else, maybe? I don't know. So he kisses her temple and tucks her into uh, his side. So they're just walking. Such a simple, lovely claim. Mm. She can't leave well enough alone. Fair enough. This talk needed to happen, though. So, okay, it had to happen. It just doesn't go how we all wanted. (laughs) And so she finally is like, does it undermine my image as a warrior to be with you? Interesting. She's letting some stereotypical uh, biases and B- BS get in her way. And Cassian, being the feminist icon that we love, goes, no, doesn't undermine Feyre's when she's seen with Reese. And she's like, no, okay. But her stomach tightens. Her heartbeat gets quicker. And she makes herself say this, knowing where it was. She knew where it was going to lead. Not like necessarily what was going to be said precisely, but she knew the topic. It's different for them. And they 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 reach the end of the bridge and they're like walking along the like riverbank like on the the um the path. And Cassian very carefully says why. She can't look for them. And Nessa goes, because they're mates. He is utterly silent. She knows what he's gonna say. She stops and braces for it. Cassian's face was a void, completely empty. And we're not. Nesta's silent. He huffs a laugh. I a really sarcastic, angry laugh, let's be honest. Because they're mates and you don't want us to be. Guys, their communication is horrible. 
And it's not one-sided. I know a lot of people just come for Nesta. It's not. Because Cassian does know when to push her sometimes, but other times he needs, he should be like, he doesn't realize sometimes, like he's too quick to believe the worst. You know what I mean? Like his own issues get in the way. And then you've got his temper too. Like they both have really bad tempers and it leads them to say bad things. So, and I, this part I can understand with Nesta, but Cassian just gets angry and doesn't try to like really dig into it, which again, I don't think the public riverbank is the way to do it, especially when you're the high lady's sister and the general of your courts, like people know who you are. So, um, she goes, the word means nothing to me, Cassian. And like her voice is thick with emotion. She's trying to make sure people know it over here. Cause this is awkward. It means something to all of you, but for most of my life, husband and wife was as good as it got. Mate is just a word. Cassian, that's bullshit. Oh, okay. 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 And so she starts walking again and he's like, why are you frightened? And she goes, I'm not. And he's like, what spooked you? Just being seen in public, publicly with me like this. And this is what Nesta thinks, but does not vocalize. Yes. Having him kiss her and realizing that soon she'd have to return to this world humming around them and leave the house. And she didn't know what she would do then, what it would mean for them if she could plunge back into, if she would plunge back into that dark place she'd occupied before, drag him down with her. I, I'm really just, I know, I'm, I know. I'm trying to just, I know. So she's has all of these dark thoughts, self-doubt, her self-loathing is coming back in. She's just terrified of what comes next in her journey and what it'll mean for her and Cassian. Does she say any of that? No, no, no. She remains silent and he says, Nesta, talk to me. So she, she's looking at him, but she's like, she can't, she won't vocalize any of it. Cassian's anger is getting there. His eyes are blazing. Say it. Still nothing. Say it, Nesta. And Nesta's just like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, oh my god, just say what you were just thinking to us. Ask me why I vanished for nearly a week after solstice. Why I suddenly had to do an inspection right after a holiday. We all know why. Now his reasoning, fine. I can see where he's coming from with this reasoning. Still think it's fucking stupid and not fair to Nesta. But okay. Honestly, him saying this and then like, pushing it on her and making her like force this topic in the truth and his anger about it. Cause in his whole reasoning was he woke up and he, all he wanted to do was like fuck her into oblivion. Right. He was in the, like, uh, what do we call it? Like the, the, they talk about it in court of Mr. Fury, like the mating, mating haze or whatever it was. And he's like, I knew what it meant. I knew that we were mates and I didn't want to scare you. You weren't ready for the truth. Not yet. Even if you felt that way, what you did and how you handled that was not fair to her. And then that's led her to push it and push it and push it. And then here we are. So Cassian is snarling. Say it. People are literally giving them a wide berth. Some of them are literally just turn. They're like trying to walk down the river, see them, hear them, and just turn around and walk back where they're coming from. Like, this is so awkward. What is it with public displays in the last couple chapters? What is this? And then Nesta, all the only word she says, no. Vampire. <laughs> Say it! Say it! <laughs> so, it is really funny to me how often you can do that with book, like various points in all, all kinds of books where these same types of situations and then in your head all you hear if you're a Twilight person was like, Vampire! Say it! Um, anyways. 
So he again is like, say it. His face is literally just shuddered with rage, but he's got like that creepy calm voice. You know how people when they're like really, really angry, but like. I'm so angry about this entire scene. I'm really trying to stay. I know. I know. I know. And so she's like, she couldn't. Not before he'd order her to, and certainly not now. Like, she wouldn't let him win like that. So once again, their communication is fucked. Because they view everything, if it's like an argument, that there has to be like a clear winner. Like I cannot stand the miscommunication trope. It is the worst thing ever written. And I think I hate it so much because it's just not real life. Not the, like, not the scale that authors do it in. Because the problem is, is like... Some tropes, you know, I'm only going to find this in a fantasy book, right? Like, yeah, one horse or usually like, you, you know what I mean? Like things like one that. Like horse. true. Yeah. Where they have to ride a horse together. We t- remember oh, this is like a running. What thing the we fuck? We about you guys laughed at but never mind. One horse. Yeah. Like that's like a, well, that's like, like sure. A sure. Whatever. One horse. But like the miscommunication trope. I hate it more than life. It's in every dark romance cutesy romance yeah fantasy thrillers even well really for thrillers it's intentional miscommunication because usually one's a murderer but you know what i mean um historical fiction like every you can't escape it you can't escape it that's why Um, i'm so like when there is good communication i'm fucking highlighting the shit out of that because i think that's what makes a great author when they don't have to do miscommunication for plot and say what you want I know you're all like, I can't believe she said that about SJM. SJM's the greatest author. Say what you want. We didn't need to resort to miscommunication. We didn't. And also, Maz isn't saying that SJM isn't a great author. It's just when it comes to this. When it comes to this, it wasn't necessary. There was so much other plot going on. There was so much other plot going on. There were so this many. This could have like, been just as impactful and still ended up as a fight if she would have just yelled at him about leaving yeah. for the week. Yeah. And exactly. not just, and then explain how she felt. And then they still could have ended up at, from the end of the scenes. Yep. What happens? Like it still could happen. Yeah. Either way, tons of different ways to go about this. This was unnecessary. Mm-hmm. What I find interesting. So Cassian goes on to say, say what I've guessed from the moment we met, what I knew the first time I kissed you, what became unbreakable between us on solstice night. He is known and waited to tell her. Right. I find it funny is the comparison, (laughs) this is mean, and I love Lucian, to the comparison of Lucian and Elaine, where Elaine came out of the cauldron, and Lucian knew right away, and then didn't hold his tongue, and was like, my mate! (laughs) As she's like a drowned cat coming out of the cauldron. It's like two extremes. It's funny. Poor Lucian. He can't read a room. Sorry, I thought it was funny. Okay, Madison's not under I don't want to talk about it. So anyways, she's like, "Mm -mm." Cassian is now, they are on a public riverbank, guys. This is so, ooh, this gives me the ick. See, this isn't as icky to me as the kneeling. No, I, 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 I am your mate for fuck's sake. He's yelling. People across the river are hearing. You are my mate. Why are you still fighting it? I mean, I agree. She let the truth voiced at last voiced at last wash over her she has been waiting for him to acknowledge it too 
Because we both know that even if she was, and some part of her is, as we see later in the chapter, she is happy about it. She wants to be his mate, but she does not think she's deserving. She is her self-loathing, her intrusive thoughts are winning. She has been waiting for him to communicate it, to say it, because I'm guaranteeing she spent the last couple weeks thinking that he didn't want it. And that's why he wasn't saying anything. He just wanted to keep it how they had it, which is worse for what's about to happen. You pro his voice now breaks, so this is kind of sad, but I'm still mad at him too. You promised me forever on solstice. Why is one word something somehow throwing you off of that? And I get where she's coming from here, and it's not about Cassian personally, but she probably should have voiced this before and also in a calmer manner, but I don't blame her now because he has made this a fight, essentially. Because with that one word, the last scrap of my humanity goes away. With that one stupid word, I am no longer human in any way. I'm one of you. Nesta has had consistent... Elaine, when they first turned, wasn't mad about being high fae, if you remember. She had a rough time. She was mad about... Uh, Grayson. Grayson. Which, don't get us started on that. That was a... Fucking Grayson, man. So, <coughs> Nesta, right when they got turned, all of her attention was on Elaine. She was once again being the older sister, trying to protect her. So it was all about Elaine. And Feyre was okay with being turned because, you know, alternative was death. Um, and Elaine is okay with it now. Like, she was just upset about Grayson. Nesta never wanted this, really. Like, it was not, she was not happy she about it. She didn't want this at all. No. And so he just blinks and he's like, I thought you wanted to be one of us. And she goes, I don't know what I want. I didn't have a choice. And that is it. Like, that is horrible. If you have your autonomy, personal autonomy taken away from you, the choice taken away from you, that is traumatic as fuck. Like, not great. And this, this is where Cassian's anger wins out. He, right here, validates every single bit of her fear her reasoning for not wanting to address it, her her intrusive thoughts about why he hadn't addressed it, her self-loathing, everything. One sentence. Well, I didn't have a choice in being shackled to you either. So, one, that's fucking harsh as fuck towards her, but two, it also is like attacking the saint like this the sacredness of a mating bond. You know what I mean? Where he's just like, oh, it just like blindly did it. I have no choice. This is horrible. Blah, 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 blah. Like, it is awful on so many levels. Literally, it slams into her. She immediately, like, it, it does some damage. Does some damage. If we were playing D&D, &D, she would have just taken, like, 3D10 of, like, psychic damage. Like, this is bad. So, he sucks in the breath. And he immediately knows it, but everybody knows in the heat of arguments, like, everybody's like, You're I just said it because it. I was mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -mm. He goes, that was an incredibly poor choice of words. Regardless of the words themselves, especially shackled, the sentiment behind it, no matter what words you use, is still horrible. And she's like, but the truth, right? And he goes, no, I, I was angry. It's not. It's not true. And this is where, and Cassian right now knows he fucked up big because she goes, why? Your friends saw me for what I was, what I am. The mating bond made you stupidly blind to it. How many times did they warn you away from me, Cassian? And she just, a cold laugh. And she just keeps rehearing shackled, shackled. There, I mean, she's literally like, she's like, mm -mm, and this is what she does when she's cornered and hurt. 
um they're like the words are making her like begging her like in- internally she's like make him hurt as much as that one hurt like make him bleed and she's like no nope she's not gonna do it she's not gonna do it this is personal growth for nesta old nesta would have fucking had this man in tears crying in a heap on the riverbank i'm already like, crying in tears because it's the worst scene ever i know i know but she stops herself she's like nope 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 and he pleads i didn't mean it like that this is Okay, is it poor timing as we're about to see? Yes, but this is one of the most like mature responses I think she's ever had in a way, but at the same time, not because it's just avoidance. She goes, and I I don't know about you, when I first read this, I had completely forgotten about this. I'm calling in my favor. I had forgotten about the favor. I'm gonna be on it. I had forgotten about it. And he literally just goes still and he's like, whatever you're, and she goes, I want you to leave. Go up to the House of Wind for the night. Do not speak to me until I come talk to you or until a week has passed. Whichever comes first, I don't care. And she's doing this to save him. This isn't even for her, really. She's like, she has to master herself not to hurt him, to stop the feeling to, like, maim and kill him, essentially, with words, not physically. Like, she's doing it actually for his sake, not hers. He, like lurches towards her but as he does it his back arches and he winces the bargain tattoo had just burned him because he has to honor the bargain go away his eyes are bulging he's trying to fight the power of the bargain with all of his breath but then he whirled and like he just flies off she stops there and her spine tingles and she knows that her cool ass tattoo is gone i hope they redo them i hope they get them like a sentimental value because those were cool tattoos also, eight point a star. Weird. It's on Bryce's chest. <laughs> Anyways, so Flash, Nesta goes to Emery's place uh, in Winhaven. Uh, Moore had this is where Moore came in clutch. We don't even see her that much in this book, but she's a true uh, girls got each other's backs. Uh, she had winnowed Nesta there without questioning, no disapproval, nothing. Like she was just very like she was there and she helped her get there. Um. Nesta gets into Emery's shop, you know, Emery lives above it, and just starts crying. Um, Emery helped her into a chair. Nesta tells her what happened. Um, an hour later, Gwen is there. Guys, I know, I know you don't like her. Gwen left not only the, the library or the House of Wind, Gwen has left Valaris. She is in Windhaven to help her. And like Moore gives uh, gives everyone like a concerned nod because Moore sees how upset Nest is, which I'm sure for Moore is like, oh my god, and winnows away. I want the bonus scene of Moore ripping the fuck. You know, Moore was giving Cassie in hell. Mm-hmm. You know, she went up to the house of wind and was like, you stupid bitch. So. And so Emery's like, oh my god, you're here. And Gwen, I do like this. She's like, please don't remind me too much. I'm so nervous. I really might vomit. That's fair. Like when you're in a situation and somebody's like, oh my God, I'm so proud of you for doing this. You're out of your comfort zone. It's one of those like, don't, I don't want to talk about it. Just let me do it. Just let me do it. So her, they, they fuss over, they have a hot cocoa. They basically have a much needed, um, another girl's night, but it's like a, an emergency girl's night. We've all been there. You know, when you have somebody in crisis that you, you love, you, you, you get out, you get out the crap food, the ice cream, the alcohol, if you want the hot chocolate, the blankets, you do whatever you need to do. That's what they're doing. Um, and they end up, you know, they all, they all, um, Emery's got like, they each have their own little bedroom. Um, and before Nesta falls asleep, she's thinking she'd talk to him tomorrow. So she's good. She's calmed down. She's, she's like, sleep. I'm safe with my friends. I'll talk to him. Tomorrow. Oh, I'm safe with my friends. What a bunch of I bullshit. Know. 
And so she goes, she'd explain everything, why she'd bulk, why it frightened her in the next step. She was ready to actually communicate the life beyond. She'd apologizing for using the bar again. Like she would not stop apologizing until he smiled again. And I'm part of me is like, he needs to apologize to you too. Don't, don't you be the only one apologizing, but whatever. She's like, perhaps the future did not need to be so planned. Like she, she's, she's realizing she can take it a day at a time. She could face it. She could face her friends. She could face her family and she can just let herself be and keep going. But God forbid we get a good moment in the middle Ah! of this book. Tomorrow. She'd tell Cassie and everything. Tomorrow her life would begin. Tomorrow, tomorrow, I hate you tomorrow. So. It's only a world away. You're so, it's just beautiful. I fucking hate this. She wakes up and a male scent is in her room. It's not Cassie and it's not Reese. It's not Azriel. It is like a scent full of hate. She hears Gwen scream and then nothing. She's making out nothing. She fumbles for her power from the knife beside her bed. Something cold and wet pressed into her face. It burned her nostrils, flailing open her mind. Darkness swept in and she was gone. Chapter 63. Cassian. What is that shit called that they like chloroform chloroform so we have chloroform but we don't have c-sections yeah yeah they call it like a sleeping something in here yeah 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 it's almost like you could use that to put somebody under if you needed to perform a c-section weird yeah so um we're with cassian cassian's like that stupid freaking bargain he had had to go up to the house of the wind for the night um and he could only speak to her once she spoke to him or a week and he's like easy enough rules to maneuver around like he's already like trying to figure out how to get to her to make it like to make it like better. And he also is like making a mental note where he's like, it, she, he's going to have to like tell her when he, she does these bargains, she's got to make like word it carefully. Like she's like, she's not doing it the Faye way. You know, we know the Faye with their bargains. You have to be very specific lo- loopholes, everything. Um, so he waits the night. He found Reese at dawn and he was like, Hey man, winnow me into Winhaven. Gotta go. Gotta go. Moore um, had reluctantly informed him. She'd brought Nessa there the day before. So this is interesting because Nesta had just assumed that Moore, like, was able to, like, was okay winnowing her there and, like, came to see Nesta on Cassian's behalf. Like, Cassian had asked her. Moore did it because she cared. Like, just plain and simple. Like, it wasn't Cassian. Um, And he's, like, he'd finished his fight with Nesta one way or another. It had never frightened him, the mating bond, or that Nesta was his. He'd never, he, he, he had guessed it before the cauldron had turned her even. He was, like, hmm. But, obviously, he never said anything. But he was scared that she would reject it or hate him for it. And, but he had seen like, it wasn't that way. Like he just, it had all gone to shit. Like that, that conversation was not great. So they get to Windhaven. He scented Nesta and Gwen at Emery's back, uh, like back door of her little like shop house. And, and he's like, oh, okay. Huh? And then oops. Yeah. Oops. So Reese is next to him. Reese's face goes pale and he says, they're not here. Cassian's like, what fucking breaks in if someone had hurt them taken them no one's in the room but he smells multiple male scents and he's like as if they'd winnowed right in and he can tell they're illyrian and he goes illyrians had no magic like that except on one night which we've already been told when illyrians possessed an ancient wild power and he just no he runs up the stairs and he can smell like the the anger the uh the fear from uh nesta and emery and gwen everything and he's like he gets to nesta's room she had fought dude her beds across the room the nightstands over there's male blood everywhere 
The sleeping ointment, though, there's enough there that it would have knocked out a horse is still there. So sleeping ointment, that's what we're calling it. Right. His head goes quiet. Emery and Gwen's room were the same. They're gone. Fear bloomed so vast and broad he could barely breathe. It was a message to the females for thinking themselves warriors and for him for teaching them, for defying the Illyrians' archaic hierarchies and rules. Reese came up beside him, his face white with that same dread. Devlin just confirmed everything. The blood rite began at midnight. And Gwen, Emery, and Nesta had been snatched from their beds to participate in it. And that's where we leave off because part four starts the next um, next time. I have one question. Why can they not, in this moment especially, why was Cassian not allowed to just go kill Devlin? Like, are we worried that the Illyrians would, like, you know, probably take offense to that shirt and that they wouldn't fight with them? Like, they're still in the night court. They're, like, self-governing, but not. Like, let's be honest. Like, why are we not just kill? I understand, to a certain degree, I still think it's shitty, that they cannot interfere with the blood, right? Because, obviously, they, like, the, they, they die or whatever. But, like, Devlin's not in the blood, right? Why? After no, Disney I Parker- think the biggest issue here... Is what then proceeds happen to Nesta. She doesn't get to finish the blood rite. Because oh Queen B is on her. But then, not only does she not get to finish it, right? She then has to give up all her powers. Fuck it. No. I'm still, you know how I feel. I'm still holding out that I don't think she is, I don't think all of her power is given up. I'm still I don't give a shit. The fact that she had to give up any at all. Well, yes, that's, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Um... Aelin 2.0, anyone? It is interesting, though, that Feyre kept, like, has all of hers. Although she almost dies multiple times. She does die one time. Interesting. And then she I'm just her. saying, okay. stupid as fuck. Okay. Now, guys, this is a bit of a twist for lately. Madison, what are you reading? Okay. Listen, I've actually been reading a lot. But I have dedicated my What Are You Reading section to my new favorite book of all goddamn time. This has shattered everything. And I got a question. If it shattered Precious and Hold Me Under, it did. It did. It fucking destroyed them into pieces. Now, on a sad note for you guys, it's not out yet. (laughs) I, I feel so bad. But let me tell you, this is a book that you need to fucking pre-order immediately like you're gonna want it day of you're gonna want it it comes out september 6th so sorry for your wait that's so long this is actually kind of rude of you it is i'm sorry rude. this is did you pre-ordered it yet yeah, I'm gonna fucking kill you. okay good good pretty sure guys I need to double check. this is the best book ever written it is so fucking good i I literally don't have words for it. That's how motherfucking good it is. Okay. It is Say My Name by Ashley James. Now, I will say there is a part you can read because it was a novella. Okay. A novella in the anti-Valentine anthology, if you had bought that. And it is. I got, I read the full story. Here's what we got, guys. And this is why you're going to want to pre-order it. One hate to love not enemies hate the pure hatred hate to love 
force proximity. Okay. We've got a little bit of one bed action. We've got degradation and praise. We have bondage and like all the kinky fuckery you could want. It is so, so, so good. There is a sex room with a sex swing. It is the hottest thing I've ever read. It's the best thing I ever read. I love it. 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 I can't say any more about it. It's that damn good. Say my name, Ashley James. You're going to want it. Pre-order it. Do what I tell you. You know I'm right. It is the best thing ever written. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. It's my new number one. I'll, I'll never get over it. Never. Damn. Okay. All right. Well, you've heard her. Also, Mateo is mine. Uh, ain't nobody going after him. Oh, okay. I just wanted to state that before Noted. everyone becomes Noted. obsessed. Um, I can't remember because we talked about like what we were reading a while back. Like a couple weeks. I think. I've actually oh, okay. read so much. It's so weird. I can't remember which ones I've talked about or not, but that's okay. So, um, I read, uh, Demon's Bride by, uh, Lee Miller. Um, it was cute. It was, it was another, you know, like it's, it's, it's interesting cause it's like a, a coven on earth, like a witch's coven on earth and then the demon realm. And like, they've got, they've got like a mutually beneficial agreement. Um, right. and then, uh, you know, like a witch has to marry one of the demons this time. It happens to be the demon King that the like goddess cho- chooses. And then, um, a witch is chosen who like doesn't have power, but it was, it was a uh, shorter read. It was really good though. Like it was a fun, quick read. Um, decent spice. I, I feel like it could have been more, but it was still, still good. I really like, uh, the main, uh, the main two characters. They're, they're really, um, engaging, I guess is a good way to put it. Uh, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll like them right away. Let's put it that way. Like you, you, you like them very quickly. Right. Um, and then, so I read the high mountain court by AK Mulford, which I do think I talked about, like it was good. Um, as I've sat on it more, I think it could have been a bit better, but that's, that's okay. Um, like it was solid. It had a very interesting like magic system with like different types of witches and then fae, um it is the first book in a series but each book kind of bounces between characters um i need to read the second one it's just the character that's the main person like the two characters i'm not as in love you know what i mean like they don't entice me as much but i'm it's on my list um and then i read the book of azrael i'm sorry if i'm saying that wrong it's a-z-r-a-e-l by amber v nicole that is a damn good book the female main character is very much like Aelin. Hmm. So um, not a book for me. Got it. <laughs> uh, I, it is slow burn, but once the spice oh, hits, it is good. Yeah. I know. I know. Um, it is. She's Aelin, but like, like a, a touch of evil. There is one thing keeping her humanity together. One thing. Um, and she has to like team up with a, a, a like a, a god. It, there's gods. There's uh like demon creatures. There's vampires. There's werewolves. There's banshees. There's witches. All kinds of. There's like the other world, the ether world, the mortals. All of this. Like it's a lot of uh, moving parts. It's a longer book, so like prepare yourself. But it is so good. It it helped me recover from my fourth wing hangover. Um, 
I'm reading the second one now, The Throne of Broken Gods. Uh, I think I'm like 25% in. And all I can say is I thought I loved the female main character. And this just goes to show who I am as a person with like violence and like my sense of justice and stuff. I love her so much more. And I, anybody that knows what I'm talking about is probably like, oh, damn, like that's a little unsettled. Like, really, Blake? But yes, yes, <laughs> um, yes. Um, and like I said, yeah, it's really good uh, so far. Um, I need to start. I've got it. Um, and I keep meaning to, but then I got sucked into the sequel. Um, Cherish by Tracy Wolf came out. I know Jenna's reading it. Um, so I, I'm sure if she was here. She'd be talking about it. I don't, she's not finished it yet, but I need to hop in. I need time to do like a de- uh, like a debrief on, um, not charm. Cause that was before that was the one with the four my, yeah. uh, court court right yeah yeah court um before i jump in so i'm hoping to do that this week um and then i know i think i've already mentioned it but i'm going to mention it again because i'm about to buy the audiobook just to have it to listen to while i do things fourth wing by rebecca garris it's worth all the hype just trust me if you like fantasy if you like romanticy read it if you i've heard it's really good dude it's so good i cannot and the good thing is is it came out and then the second book isn't it it already comes out in november like it's not even that long of a wait it could be the fact that i've heard it so good that i have the agatar podcast instagram on my phone and i keep getting fourth wing bitches messages yeah yeah could be that but i don't know yeah i've got a group chat going um (laughs) <laughs> a couple people let's see danielle becca jules if you love fourth wing let us know because we'll add you we'll add you it's it's fine um, uh, i'm secretly in it as a stalker in case yeah mads is just like what the fuck mads i just keep getting it i'm like plot. okay mads knows what characters to like what's not She's like, yeah fuck okay. him um so that brings me into uh, social media. Madison, we want to give like, so we have update. You have some updated. Oh shit. We have so much to update. Oh my God. I can't do my normal shit. Okay. Wow. Holy hell. Okay. So also, okay. Um, I think we should like talk about this briefly because like, I don't want you all to think there's drama <laughs> with their snot. Um, so I really want to go full time with this um PA business my author PA business like that is like my dream my go-to like let me quit swimming tomorrow kind of dream Mm -hmm. um but like there's no there's no good way in the American tax system for Jenna and I to do that as a partnership so god fuck the government anywho so Jenna and I have separated into two PA companies she is still on the podcast despite her not being here today. We promise. Um, we're still <laughs> friends. We still chat every day. There's- I'm not convinced she has good phone service right now either. <laughs> yeah, there's there's just no drama. So like, chill out, y'all. Anywho, so updating it. Lace and lit is no more, guys. It was it was kind of sad and a little heartbreaking to give up, but that's okay. So, ATOTR podcast for all things Blake. Okay. Jenna now has Breathless Books as her, you know, original one, but she also has Jenna May PA, okay? And I took on the Breathless Lit handle, and I'm now Breathless Lit PA, and as much as I miss Lace and Lit, I do like this one, so pretty happy about that. Wait, I think I had this confused the whole time, too, now. I'm sorry, what? I did have it wrong! (laughs) I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. I thought you had just 
change the handle waist and lit to the same page to breathless lit PA. I did change it. It like lace and lit. I used my same Instagram. Oh, okay. Okay. I just then changed I did, I the name. Okay. okay. I misunderstood you. Okay, cool. We're good. Yeah, no, no I changed I the name. It's now Brothers Books PA. I said goodbye to Lace and Lit in a nice heartfelt post. Um, but I'm still the same kinky fucker there ever was because if you look at my logo. Oops. I love it. LOL. <laughs> it's inspired by Say My Name, in case anyone's curious. There we go. <laughs> Anyone there we need go. a flogger? Anyway, um, so that's us and that's what's been going on god i kind of forgot we hadn't talked about that yet it's been a minute it's been a minute it's been a hot minute it really has so Um, super excited there you go so now you make sure you're following all of those guys um let's see oh instagram shout out uh is maddie jean um so it's maddie m-a-d-d-i-e period jean j-e-a-n period collection she makes the most beautiful bookish earrings. Um, her Akatar ones are absolutely gorgeous. They're like, I'm pretty sure they're like the polymer clay, you know? So like, it's like, oh, it, fa- like I, I've been down rabbit holes on this. It fascinates me, like how people do them because they're so small, yet they're so detailed. They're so pretty. Um, she's been binge, uh, binge listening to the, uh, the podcast. And then I was looking at her earrings and guys, guys, I don't even have my ears pierced. So like, this isn't like, I'm like, oh, how she gave me earrings. Like, this is not like a paid advertisement or some shit like that. No, her earrings are just gorgeous. I literally don't even wear earrings. Wow, I kind of I wish I did now. I know. I wish I did. Um, but alas, my ears don't like earrings. Um, and she what also Maddie, Maddie, what? dot Jean dot collection. Oh, okay. Hang on. I want to see Madison's, like, what, like, like now, <laughs> now I'm intrigued, man. Like, oh like- my, shut the fuck up. These are so right? detailed. They're so intricate. It's beautiful. Oh <laughs> my God. Okay. I'm ordering some because I actually do wear earrings. You do. Um, she's also a fellow Midwest girly, Bibba. She's only 40 minutes outside of uh, Miami. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, Midwest girl. I was like, whoa, whoa, we got it. Oh, my um, God. Follow. And then I our pa- really want some of these now. <laughs> the uterus <laughs> ones. Oh, my God. I love this. Oh, yeah. She's got a lot of different collections. Like, she's killing it. Oh, my um, God. Our patron shout out <laughs> is to Shannon. Uh, Shannon! Basically, she got our book of the month. Like, we have actually, we have book club tonight, uh, Sunday, June 4th. So when this drops, like an hour later, we have book club. And it's Den of Vipers by K.A. Knight. Den of Vipers. Um, you guys have already heard. It's an infinite, infamous book. But Shannon had never read it. And so I then, had told her to fucking read it yeah. 102 goddamn times. She had. And the thing is, is um, Shannon succumbed to peer pressure. Because it wasn't like... Once it won book club, literally, it was like a group effort on our Discord. And now Shannon read it, fucking loved it, and also understands Madison's obsession with Diesel. So she, I now. literally got a voice memo that said, and now that I'm reading it, I, I understand yep. why Diesel is your favorite. <laughs> so um, shout out, one, to Shannon for finally reading it and loving it, but two, for everybody else that, like, you know, peer pressured her into it, because that's just funny. Um, So with that... Um, let's see our book club picks. Oh, book club picks for June pride month. Let's fucking rage. Fucking pride month. You know, I picked all LGBTQIA and 
we had so many good ones that our book club and we we all were like, hey, why don't we do two? We're doing yeah, two. I like put so many good ones and they're like, we can't decide. Can we? No, do you two? couldn't. Like it was actually kind of rude that you did that because like I'm uh, sorry, they were so good and I couldn't decide. It was just it, I needed it. So the first book is Devil's Mark by Lark Taylor. If you recall, Maddie got me to read it a couple weeks ago. It's a four book series that is complete. It is complete. Yes. Um, and it's like demons and there's other creatures too. And mates. like, it's okay. So it's pretty much the four sons of Lucifer. Lucifer. Okay. And it's like their story and there are demons or angels. There are mages. Like there's just everything. And it's, the world is so good. The world building is great. It's smutty as hell. Like, I mean, it is like. So good. And in book one, in book one, Fire Breathing Bitch Queen is mentioned. Okay. Because Lark be an Akatar fan. And because people have requested it, I just talked to Lark this morning. I think we're going to do an author spotlight episode with Lark because y'all requested it and I'm a giver. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Now, Um, second book. Oh, oh, oh. Skydive, Rohorva. Dragons. Dragon sex. Dragon mates. Dragon sex, dragon mates, dragons, dragons, dragons. Like cute dragons, too. Fucking like, cute as hell but dragons, but like Deadly big. but cute, man. Um. So yeah, that's, now is the, like, month, this month is the month to join our book club level because it's, like, the conversation's already popping off in Discord, um and that's gonna be a really i cannot wait to talk about lark taylor yeah yeah so guys um this is dropping on sunday we will have a bone oh no we'll have a thirsty thursday episode coming this thursday we will um and then uh and then Next Sunday, we'll be back with Silver Flames, obviously. I'm trying to think. Um, book clubs are, book club picks are already up. I think that's really it. Like, we don't have, this is like a pretty chill coming, coming, like, week yeah. or stretch. So that's good. So um, we'll be back Thursday with the Thirsty Thursday episode. Uh, you guys know, we'll, we'll see what the patrons want us to talk about. Uh, we got some good potential topics, so we'll see. And then we'll go um, on Sunday with the Blood Rite. Whoa! Not Piss Lou, actually. It's me it's the fuck off. It's so stressful. Um, I do like the violence, though. Um, okay, so with that, guys, we hope you have a great uh, start to your week. And as always, cheers to our high fae bays. Bye.